听，鸟儿的欢鸣，溪水的婉转。听，爱与恨，悲与喜，苦与乐，得与失。听，跳跃的文字，灵动的声音。You're listening to Morse Read。欢迎收听轻松调频美文阅读 Morse Read， 我是沈听，让我们在这里一起听美文，学英语。在今天的节目中，我们将会听到中国北宋文人晏殊的一首词作《踏梭行·小径红溪》，以及由中国当代著名作家史铁生所写的一篇散文《合欢树》。闭上双眼，静静聆听，敞开心扉，慢慢品味。Poem of the day. 踏梭行，小径红溪。晏殊。小径红溪，芳娇绿遍，高台树色阴阴现。春风不解近杨花，蒙蒙乱扑行人面。翠叶藏莺，珠帘隔燕，炉香净烛。游丝转，一场幽梦酒醒时，斜阳却照深深院。Lyrics to the melody of walking on grass, Yan Shu. The paths were sparsely red, whilst fields all green. The towers, so high, amidst trees, were dimly seen. Spring wind knew not the catkins out of place that drizzled down against the stroller's face. Swallows were curtain blocked. Orioles. Leaf cloaked, in race of spiders' silk, the incense smoked. Awake from dream, I sobered well from wine, but found the setting sun on courtyard shine. Lyrics to the melody of Walking on Grass, 出自中国北宋文人晏殊。英文版本由 Mark Griffiths 为您朗读。晏殊出生于公元991年，公元1055年去世，字同书，江南西路抚州临川县人，也就是今天的江西晋贤人。他是北宋著名的政治家和文学家，晏殊以词著于文坛，尤善小令，风格含蓄婉丽，与其第七子晏几道被称为大晏和小晏，又与欧阳修并称晏欧，后世尊其为北宋以生家初祖，以公诗善文，其文章又能为天下所宗。
晏殊自少好学，能诗善词，晚年仍孜孜学习，不知疲倦，在文学上有多方面的成就和贡献，而以词的成就最为突出。一方面，晏殊的词大多为余宾浅兴、流连光景之作，晏词有的描写男欢女爱、春花秋月，有的书写伤春怨时、离情别恨，多有清新之词、闲雅之气。其词还融入了自己的主观情感与人生体悟，具有士大夫的气质，可谓有灵工之词向士大夫之词的过渡者。而另一方面，晏殊的词风格温润秀洁、雍容典雅，语言清丽自然，音律婉转和谐。他善于捕捉瞬间情景，即景传情，构造缠绵悱恻的情词，多有继承南唐的风格和形式。尤其受到冯延巳的词风影响较大，学习冯词的名利与疏朗，脱去了花间派的脂粉气，多所创新。Whilst fields all green, the towers so high amidst trees were dimly seen. Spring wind knew not the catkins out of place that drizzled down against the stroller's face. Swallows were curtain blocked, orioles leaf cloaked. In race of spiders' silk, the incense smoked. Awake from dream, I sobered well from wine, but found the setting sun on courtyard shine. More to read. 文字的世界。用心，用心聆听。Beauty of words。史铁生，中国当代著名作家。一九五一年，他出生于北京。二零一零年去世。他曾于一九六九年去延安一带插队，因双腿瘫痪，于一九七二年回到北京。后来又患肾病，并发展到尿毒症，需要靠透析维持生命。自称是职业是生病，业余在写作。史铁生创作的散文《我与地坛》鼓励了无数的人。我们接下来要读到的《合欢树》是史铁生怀念母亲的一篇散文。文章用平淡的语调，按时间顺序分别叙述了作者十岁那年由自己作文获奖引发的一件事情，二十岁母亲为他治病和鼓励他写小说的事情。以及三十岁以后对母亲的那种压抑在心里，让自己又悲痛又愧疚的思念，在这篇散文中，史铁生表达对母亲的深切思念，笔墨不多，要言不凡，但却能够充分突出主题思想，可谓匠心独运。好，下面呢，就让我们一起来读一下这篇文章的中英文版本。中文版本由轻松调频的主持人阿丽为您朗读，英文版本由吴周翻译。合欢树，史铁生。The silk tree, 
百诗帖圣。十岁那年，我在一次作文比赛中得了第一。母亲那时候还年轻，急着跟我说他自己，说他小时候的作文做得还要好，老师甚至不相信那么好的文章会是他写的。老师找到家来问：“是不是家里的大人帮了忙？”我那时。可能还不到十岁呢。我听得扫兴，故意笑。可能？什么叫可能还不到？他就解释。我装作根本不在意他的话，对着墙打乒乓球，把他气得够呛。不过我承认他聪明，承认她是世界上长得最好看的女的。他正给自己做一条蓝底白花的裙子。When I was ten, I came first in a writing contest. Mom, who was still young at that time, hastened to tell me, upon hearing my good news, that she used to do still better in her school days, and that her essays were so good that the teacher could hardly believe they were written by her. My teacher actually visited my parents to find out if anyone had ghost-written for me. I was then probably under ten years of age. That put a bit of a damper on my spirits. Probably, what do you mean by probably under ten? After all, I laughed deliberately. She tried to explain, but I feigned indifference to whatever she said, and just went on bouncing a ping pong ball against the wall, which drove her crazy. However, I did think Mom was smart and was the prettiest woman that had ever lived. She was making for herself a blue skirt with white patterns. 二十岁时，我的两条腿残废了，除去给人家画彩蛋，我想我还应该再干点别的事。先后改变了几次主意，最后想学写作。母亲那时已不年轻，为了我的腿，她头上开始有了白发。医院已明确表示，我的病目前没法治。母亲的全副心思却还放在给我治病上，到处找大夫，打听偏方，花了很多钱。他倒总能找来些稀奇古怪的药，让我吃，让我喝，或是洗。敷熏酒，别浪费时间了，根本没用。我说，我一心只想着写小说，仿佛那东西能把残疾人救出困境。再试一回，不是？你怎么知道会没用？他每说一回，都虔诚的抱着希望。然而，对我的腿。有多少回希望，就有多少回失望。最后一回，我的胯上被熏成烫伤。医院的大夫说：“这实在太悬了，对于瘫痪病人，这差不多是要命的事。”我倒没太害怕，心想死了也好，死了倒痛快。母亲惊惶了几个月，昼夜守着我，一换药就说。怎么会烫了呢？我还总是在留神啊
，幸亏伤口好起来，不然他非疯了不可。I was paralyzed in both legs when I was twenty, and took on a job of making painted eggshells for crafts and arts workshop. But I thought I should be able to do something more. I changed my mind a couple of times before deciding on a writing career. By then, Mom had grown older. And grey hairs were creeping up her head after years of hard toil to cure my legs. Though the doctors made it clear that my disease was incurable, Mom was no less determined to find treatments and possibly a cure for me, visiting doctors everywhere and seeking whatever remedies that sounded effective, at a considerable cost, of course. She managed always to get me one esoteric prescription or another, and bade me take them. Some of which were pills or decoctions, while the others took the forms of soaking fluids, ointments, fumigations, moxibustions, etc. Stop wasting time; they won't work. I told Mom. The only thing on my mind was writing novels, as though that was one way to lift a disabled man out of despair. Let's try once again, or how would you know it to be useless? Whenever she said so, Mom was full of hope, though such hope would invariably turn into disappointment. In my last attempt, it was a fumigation remedy. I got scalded in my crotch. The doctor told us it was exceedingly dangerous and almost deadly for a paralyzed patient. In fact, the accident did not frighten me in the least. Because death for me would mean no less than an instant relief from pangs, but it did haunt Mom for months. She nursed me day and night, and would reproach herself whenever she was redressing my wound. How did I let this happen? I thought I was taking care. Luckily, my wound healed soon. Otherwise, the burden of guilt would make her insane. 后来，他发现我在写小说，他跟我说：“那就好好写吧。”我听出来，他对治好我的腿也终于绝望。我年轻的时候也喜欢文学，跟你现在差不多大的时候，我也想过搞写作。你小的时候作文不是得过第一吗？那就写着试试看。他提醒我说。我们俩都尽力把我的腿忘掉。他到处去给我借书，顶着雨或冒着雪推我去看电影，像过去给我找大夫打听偏方那样，抱了希望。Later, she found I was writing novels and said to me, "Just do it." I knew she had at long last given up hope of curing my legs. I was fond of literature too when I was young, and used to think of writing something when I was about your age. You once came first in a writing contest, didn't you? Reminded she. Why not have a try then? So we both tried to forget about my paralysis of legs. She tried to borrow books for me from anyone possible, and would brave rain and snow to wheel me to the cinema. She was again as hopeful as she had used to be when she was seeking remedies for my legs. 三十岁时，我的第一篇小说发表了
，母亲却已不在人世。过了几年，我的另一篇小说也获了奖。母亲已离开我整整七年了。获奖之后，登门采访的记者就多，大家都好心好意，认为我不容易。但是我只准备了一套话，说来说去就觉得心烦。我摇着车躲了出去，坐在小公园安静的树林里，想：上帝为什么早早的就召母亲回去呢？迷迷糊糊的，我听见回答：“他心里太苦了，上帝看他受不住了，就召他回去。”我的心得到一点安慰，睁开眼睛，看见风正在树林里吹过。I published my first novel at the age of thirty, but Mom was no more. And when my second novel won a prize, it was seven years since she left me. Since that success, my home has been frequented by many journalists for interviews. Though I know their visits are well wished, they sympathize with me in my hardships. I have soon got bored with them because. I have only one narrative for their interviews, so I often wheel myself out to shun them. I come to the park and sit by myself in the woods, thinking why God has taken Mom away so early. As my mind keeps wandering, I seem to hear the answer from I don't know where, because her heart was laden with such bitterness that God could not bring Himself to watch her suffering any more. That explanation offers me a pittance of solace. I open my eyes only to see nothing but wind blowing through the woods. 我摇车离开那儿，在街上瞎逛，不想回家。母亲去世后，我们搬了家。我很少再到母亲住过的那个小院子去。小院在一个大院的井里头。我偶尔摇车到大院去坐坐，但不愿意去那个小院子，推说手摇车进去不方便。院子里的老太太们还都把我当儿孙看，尤其想到我又没了母亲，但都不说，光扯些闲话，怪我不常去。我坐在院子当中，喝东家的茶，吃西家的瓜。有一年。人们终于又提到母亲。到小院子去看看吧，你妈种的那棵合欢树今年开花了。我心里一阵抖，还是推说手摇车进去太不易。大伙儿就不再说，忙扯到别的。说起我们原来住的房子里，现在住了小两口，女的刚生了个儿子，孩子不哭不闹。光是瞪着眼睛看窗户上的树影儿。So I move on, but go on idling about in the street, unwilling to go home early. We moved house after Mom's death, and I have seldom been back to the little courtyard where Mom used to live, a courtyard nestled at the deep end of another bigger courtyard. Though I occasionally call upon my old neighbors in the bigger courtyard. I couldn't hear of visiting that small courtyard, and would excuse myself by complaining about its inaccessibility by wheelchair. 
The grannies living there continue to treat me as their own child, but take care not to mention mom in their chit chat, while complaining that I am not visiting them frequently enough. So there I sit in the courtyard, sipping the tea and tasting the knacks offered by my old neighbors. One day, however, they had to mention mom. Remember the silk tree your mom planted? It's in bloom this year. Why not go have a look? My heart missed a beat, but I dismissed the advice promptly on my usual excuse that it would be a problem for me to move in there by wheelchair. So they dropped the topic and hastened to steer the conversation to something else. A young couple had moved into our old home, so they told me, and had just recently given birth to a baby boy. The baby did not cry often. But liked to gazing with rounded eyes at the tree through the window. 我没料到那棵树还活着。那年，母亲到劳动局去给我找工作，回来时在路边挖了一棵刚出土的绿苗，以为是含羞草，种在花盆里，竟是一棵合欢树。母亲从来喜欢那些东西。但当时心思全在别处。第二年，合欢树没有发芽。母亲叹息了一回，还不舍得扔掉，依然让它留在瓦盆里。第三年，合欢树不但长出了叶子，而且还比较茂盛。母亲高兴了好多天，以为那是个好兆头，常去侍弄它，不敢太大意。又过了一年，他把合欢树移出盆，栽在窗前的地上。有时念叨：“不知道这种树几年才开花。”再过一年，我们搬了家，悲痛弄得我们把那棵小树忘记了。In fact, little had I expected that tree to be still alive. It was Mom who took it home on her way back from the labor bureau, where she had gone to seek employment for me. It was then a fresh sapling that had just come up out of the ground, and Mom came across it by the roadside. In the beginning, she mistook it for a mimosa and planted it in a flower pot, only to find it to be a silk tree sapling upon closer observation. Though Mom was fond of gardening, she was too preoccupied with other household affairs to take much care of it. The sapling failed to burgeon the next year, much to Mom's disappointment. She sighed, but wouldn't throw it away, leaving it as it was in the pot. One more year later, it started to bear leaves, and the leaves were growing out luxuriantly. This exhilarated Mom for quite a few days. Who took it for a good omen, and she took special care of the plant. The next year, she transplanted it to the open ground in front of the window. She used to murmur to herself, "When will the tree grow old enough to bear flowers?" Still, another year later, we moved away, and the tree soon got out of our mind as sadness over Mom's death seized all of us. 与其在街上瞎逛，我想，不如去看看那棵树吧。我也想再看看母亲住过的那间房。我老记着，那儿还有个刚来世上的孩子，不哭不闹
，瞪着眼睛看树影儿，是那棵合欢树的影子吗？院子里的老太太们还是那么喜欢我，东屋倒茶，西屋点烟，送到我跟前。大伙儿都知道我获奖的事儿，也许知道，但不觉得那很重要，还是都问我的腿。问我是否有了正式工作。这回，想摇车进小院儿真是不能了。家家门前的小厨房都扩大了，过道窄的一个人推自行车进去也要侧身。我问起那棵合欢树，大伙说，年年都开花，长得跟房子一样高了。这么说，我再看不见它了。我要是求人背我去看，倒也不是不行。我挺后悔前两年没有自己摇车进去看看。Rather than roaming aimlessly out in the street, I think to myself, wouldn't it be better to take a look at the tree and the room Mom used to live in by the way? I'm also thinking of that newborn baby who, instead of crying, likes gazing at the tree. Was that the silk tree he saw? The grannies received me as warmly as usual, offering me now tea, now cigarettes. Though all have learned of my having won a prize, they seem less interested in it, but show greater concern over my legs and my employment. This time, it has become truly impossible for me to wheel myself into the small courtyard. Because the residents have all enlarged their kitchens at the cost of the passageway space, making it so narrow that for a man to pass through it, he has to move sideways if he happens to be pushing a bicycle. Upon my inquiry about the silk tree, they tell me it is now in bloom every year, having grown as tall as the house. Though it would be reasonable for me to request someone to help me get there by carrying me on his back. I refrain from doing so, but I do regret having not wheeled into the courtyard two years ago to see it for myself. 我摇车在街上慢慢走，不想急着回家。人有时候只想独自静静的待一会儿，悲伤也成享受。有那么一天，那个孩子长大了，会想起童年的事。会想起那些晃动的树影儿，会想起他自己的妈妈。他会跑去看看那棵树，但他不会知道那棵树是谁种的，是怎么种的。So I keep on idling away on my wheelchair, in no hurry to go home at all. Sometimes, all one wants is just to be left alone for a while. And sadness may turn into something enjoyable. I know that baby will grow up some day, and will remember his childhood, the swaying tree branches, and his own mom. He may go back to that courtyard to take a look at the tree, but will he know who has planted it, and how it has come about? Thank you for listening to today's Chinese reading. You can also use the Yuan App 
在线实时收听美文阅读以及轻松调频的其他节目，并随时聆听节目回放。想要查看美文阅读节目文稿，欢迎您访问网站 radio.cgtn.com， 找到美文阅读板块即可。今天的节目就到这儿，我是沈听，我们明天见。